I'm Neil Carter, the pastor at Rocky River Presbyterian Church. Thank you for joining us through our podcast. Let me extend a personal invitation as well to join us at RRPC in person on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. This is the Easter season. We explore together resurrection hope as a people of faith. The Lord has risen. The Lord has risen indeed. May you be renewed and empowered, comforted and challenged as we listen to and for God's Word together today. Hi, I'm Neil Carter, the pastor at Rocky River Presbyterian Church, and thanks for joining in to our sermon podcast today. We hope you find God's love, grace, and challenge as you listen to and for God's Word. The Gospel lesson today is from the book of Mark, chapter 1. The verses are 4 through 11. You can find it on page 34 in your pew Bible if you'd like to follow. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Thanks. The word of the Lord. So in the church calendar, this begins year B, or Advent begins year B, and so you kind of follow in along with the Gospels. It's year A, B, and C. The first year, year A, is Matthew's Gospel. That's the Gospel that pretty much takes you around till next Advent, and then now year B, you go to Mark, which kind of works out real well since it's the second one in the line. Well, this happens to be, if I had to pick... If someone said, which, which gospel would you take with you all the time? I would pick Mark's gospel. It's my favorite. It's considered to be the first written gospel, and the others kind of used it as their model, as they, um, well, Luke and Matthew did. John kind of went off and did his own thing. But Matthew and Mark, or Matthew and Luke kind of used Mark as kind of the outline for, for their gospels. But Mark, the reason I like it so much is he, he, he gets to... The point, and he gets there in a hurry. That's kind of his thing. 
As a matter of fact, his very favorite word in the whole gospel is uthus, which means immediately. So when you're reading along, 58 times I think is, is the number. I haven't gone through and counted myself, but uh, it'll say and immediately this, immediately that. He's on the move. He's got somewhere he's got to go, and he needs to get there immediately. His beginning of his gospel is just a great example of how Mark is, is on the move and in a hurry. There, there are no shepherds. There are no angels. There are no magi. There are no stars or mangers. Mary and Joseph, not a word. Mark wants to get things going, and he wants to get there now, immediately. So he jumps past the whole birth thing. He's, he's not really interested in that. And he wants to get right to where Jesus hits ministry. And where does Jesus go into his uh, earthly ministry after his baptism? In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Well, here's another reason that I really, really like Mark's gospel. Mark, Mark uses some different kind of language than the other guys did. It's kind of rough. It's, it's real down to earth. There's no highfalutin language going on with Mark. He just says stuff and then leaves us to deal with it later. When Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending on him like a dove. The heavens for Mark are torn apart. We see, like I said, Matthew and Luke kind of use Mark's gospel as a framework for theirs. And here's what they do all throughout their gospels. They come back after Mark and, and kind of clean up his language for him as he goes along. As in this part, Matthew and Luke say the heavens are opened. They're opened up. But that's not the word that Mark used. Mark says they're torn apart, torn open. You know, like a door. You open a door, right? Opens, it's on a hinge, and it goes back, well, supposed to go back into place, right? Everything's nice. It works nice and neat. That's open. But for Mark, he tears it apart like somebody could, if you're strong enough to tear a phone book, if there were still phone books out there, that you would tear them up. It has ragged edges and they never quite go back when something's torn apart like it did before. You could chalk this up to Mark being somewhat careless about his writing style. Someone who wouldn't think through the implications of his language when he's writing things down. But I don't think Mark was as careless as some people want to say he is in his word choice. Jesus soaking wet after his baptism in the waters of the Jordan. He comes up and this voice says... You are my son, the beloved. I'm well pleased in who you are. So Mark sort of falls back in line with the prophet from the Old Testament, Isaiah, when he says, oh God, oh that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Rip the heavens wide open and come pouring down onto us. I think Mark understands clearly 
what's going on with Jesus. And that's exactly what happened. The heavens have been torn open here at Jesus' baptism. Torn wide open. And the Spirit of God comes flooding out. It's in the waters of baptism. The Holy Spirit descends on the earth in a new way. In the person of Jesus. And the heavens aren't just opened. Man, they're torn apart. Wide open. And God comes rushing out and rushing in. You know, there's a a thing about being ordained at the very beginning. A lot of people don't know this. You find out along the way. But you have to go through psychological testing to be a Presbyterian minister. I know that you find that somewhat funny. That I actually passed, in case you were wondering. Which should delight you or scare you. I'm not quite sure which one. But... Here's the thing, all these years later, Dr. Patton was the guy, he was a great guy, I love that guy, um, but he sat with me and, and he did the little charts and he said, you know, here, here is the mark for those who, are, who feel called to be a Presbyterian minister, and here's the, here's the mark. Well, just want to tell you something, your mark is way, way over here, like you are so sure this is what you're called to do. You're not even, I mean, it's so way beyond the, the mark. He was kind of concerned, like, this guy's a little too far out of there, you know. And so back then, I thought, wow, you know, I, I, I am so sure of myself in what I'm doing. But, but I have to tell you, all these years later, looking back at my, the faith of my younger self, which was probably far more arrogance than it was faith. But there have been so many places in my life over the past 22 years that have just the faith has just been torn apart. And they'll never go back like they were again. And now I stand here, I'm not near, not near as sure of myself as, as I was back then. And I'm not sure that's a bad thing. I'm really not sure that's a bad thing. For the torn apart place in my faith and in my life, that's where God comes pouring in. The place that never quite closes back the way it would so neatly as it did before. The torn apart place in our lives, that's where God pours into my life, into your life, and reminds me it's not about me at all but far more about my reliance on God, on Christ, and on Christ's church, you folks, as it is on me. God fills those torn apart places. And that's the way it was from the, from the baptism of Jesus Christ. The soul, he saw the heavens torn apart. And Jesus has, since that day, been tearing apart the pictures of whom the Messiah was supposed to be for all those people and for all of us, tearing apart the social fabric that separated the rich from the poor, tearing apart the hardest hearts to fill them with compassion, tearing apart our notions of other folks, and filling those notions with God's transformational power, tearing apart the chains that bind folks with evil, And releasing them to a new life. Nothing would ever be the same. After those heavens are torn apart at Jesus' baptism. 
and nothing has ever been the same since. At Jesus' baptism, the heavens are torn apart and they would never close so tightly ever again. And if you'll remember, when we get to the end of Mark's gospel, when Jesus is on the cross hanging between heaven and earth and he breathes his last breath, the curtain in the Holy of Holies in the temple that separates the presence of God from all the rest of us, we're told it's torn apart too. From the top down to the bottom. Torn apart never to be closed again. To be open for all of us. For God's spirit to be a part of all of our lives. And a part of the world. The curtain would never be repaired again. And God's presence would fill that torn apart place. So today. Is there some place in your life. That's been torn apart. A place that just seems like it just won't go back together right. Like it would before. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's a loss of some sort. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's a hurt. Deep hurts. In your life. Illness. Loneliness. Experiences that we just aren't supposed to face because we're good people. We do the right things. We're nice. We even try to be faithful. But these places are torn apart in our lives. We all have them. I'm sure you're not alone. And I'm really stunned when in doing this, over the years and listen to people and start hearing about the torn apart places in their lives and thinking, wow, what so many people carry with them each and every day in those torn apart places in their lives. Well, my prayer for you today, each and every one of you and all of us in your baptism, in your worship here, at Rocky River Presbyterian Church, in your everyday life. These torn apart places that just will not seem to close back the way they would. I pray for each and every one of you that hopefully in some way, shape or form, these places are filled with the presence of God pouring into those torn apart places in your life and in mine. My hope for you is that these torn apart places are filled with the Spirit of God and that each and every one of you in some way, shape, or form hear that voice. You are my beloved child. In you, I'm well pleased. That's my hope. Amen. Let us stand and affirm that which we believe. Today's affirmation of faith is the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. This is Neil Carter, thanking you once again for listening to our podcast at Rocky River Presbyterian Church. You can also visit us at our website, complete with our online donations for those wishing to give. Come check us out at our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter. Or if you're in the Harrisburg, North Carolina area, feel free to drop in and visit us in person. Thanks again for being with us today.